Johnson straight ahead, trying to fold some people over to stiff on the turn. Pass of 15 into Rebel territory. You know I ride for him. Most likely I'ma die with my finger on the trigger. They tell me don't get high, not to drive me the limit. I tell them I'm a husband, I rather make a killing. My eyes are so wide, there's a rise in the skillet. I let my bag it if you're still in, I'm a killer. I put it through the ride, now I feel like I'm a dentist. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. I'm really excited to talk Carry On Johnson with my friend Thor Nystrom over there at Roto World. He just dropped his offensive rankings last week. I love checking him out. A couple disagreements, but I think that's all part of the fun. And next week, we got his defensive rankings dropping. Thor, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Pumped. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm really excited because we're going to talk Carry On Johnson. I know this guy is someone you really want to talk about. I asked you about, what, a month ago? I was like... Would you be willing to come on the podcast, and who do you want to talk? And the first person you said was Lamar Jackson, along with about 13 other people. And as you <laughs> see on Twitter today, all people want to do is defend Lamar Jackson against like eight people that have decided that he's not good. But then your second choice was on Johnson. I was like, let's do it, because I think he's one of the more fun guys and one of the more highly debated prospects. So before we get into on, I'm curious, what do you look for in a running back? So when, when I'm looking for a running back, I... Number one, I want a guy who can stress defenses in a variety of different ways. So, you know, going along with that versatility and receiving chops are always going to be big with me. I'm looking for creative guys, creators. Um, I want guys who steal hidden yards on every play. You know, even if that's turning a what should be a four-yard loss into a one-yard loss. I, I love guys who are always fighting up field. Um, love guys who have good vision. Uh, you know, I prioritize vision and toughness. So, um, I'm a bit lower on guys like, uh, for instance, Kalen Balazs, who plays football like he's wearing beer goggles. And uh, But I'm going to be higher on a guy like Carrion, who I think just has tremendous vision and, and patience. But we'll get to that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree that those are definitely really important traits. And I love that you brought up receiving because, you know, I, ke- I keep hammering this point home and the listeners know this, that I think receiving ability is almost as important as anything else. And by that, I don't mean like necessarily dump off routes, you know, the kind of thing that anyone can do. Because unless you're Jordan Howard... These guys are NFL players. They're going to be able to catch a football. The thing I'm talking about is, you know, when you can split them out wide and be a dynamic weapon in the offense and create mismatches all over the place, I think that's what really takes a running back to the next level. And I think Carryon Johnson has some of that in his... When you look at Carryon Johnson, I know you just mentioned his patience and strength. What, what are the things that get you most excited about his game? Yeah, you know, so the the first thing that jumped out to me watching um, carry on over the past couple of years at Auburn, it, it is that patience because he doesn't, you know, sometimes in college, you'll see these guys who just blindly charge ahead on on every play, no, no matter what's happening in front of them. And go, I, I don't want to bang on Balazs this whole podcast, but going back to that, he he's a guy who's going to take it and he's going to go north south no matter what. He's going to, you know, run into the back of his offensive lineman. Uh, carry on's not like that at all. Um He'll do the thing where he glides and floats and then sees a crease and then he'll he'll cut it up field and um, great acceleration, great burst. Um, he another thing I really like about him, you know, like I was talking about before, is the is the versatility. Um, he's sort of like you know those pitchers in Major League Baseball that have like you know five or six pitches and they can throw from like different arm slots and they can vary their speed and hitters just never look comfortable against them. I. I view carry on kind of like that. You know, he's he's super versatile. He's above average in just about any metric you're looking for. Wins in a variety of different ways. He's sudden. He's explosive. He's patient. He's aware. He has solid power. 
Um, just a very good all-around player. He's a weapon. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, I think one of the reasons people get more down on Carrion is because they people compare him to Le'Veon Bell, and they're like, well, he's not Le'Veon Bell. And I think stylistically he's got some similarities, especially in his patience. And that's I think that's the first thing you mentioned. I think that's his his greatest strength and i see this so much because they put him in the wildcat right and they let him really diagnose everything that's in front of him and i i think that's where he really shows off his patience and some of these runs look so easily easy for him and just these giant holes are opening up but he's allowing his blocks to develop and you know really anticipating what holes are going to open and then he pops through them i think that he he's got a good cut i think he's got some good strength i mean the the gift that plays all the time is the uf ucf one right where the guy tackles him for like a two-yard loss but he throws the the first defender down like a ragdoll um Mm -hmm. i think the other thing that makes carry on johnson's film tough and you tell me if this is fair is that he was banged up for a lot of the year right so like he started the year off with a hamstring injury and it made it look like he had less speed than he might actually have and then he finished the year off with the ankle injury so i think and that might have made him look a little less elusive than he actually is i think uh, one way to look at that is that the running back position is probably the most frequently banged up position in the nfl and that if he can be that successful when he's playing banged up, that to me that says that he's going to be not only able to play on Sundays, and they make that joke about availability is the best ability, but be able to be efficient even when he's banged up. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I'm happy you brought up the, the durability thing. Carrion's really interesting in that the way he runs and the way that he plays in conjunction with his frame, when you watch him, it would lead you to believe, man, this guy's going to break in half at any second. You know, he's, he, he runs a bit upright. He's a bit angular. Um, he, he's a little bit thinner in the lower half in his trunk. You know, he's, he's kind of got thin hips. Um, and, and so, but, but he plays with such a physicality. I mean, this is a guy who is trying to deliver a blow on every play. He's, he's a guy who is not afraid of contact whatsoever. He's happy to seek it out, but he's not just a, you know, he's not just a banger. He's happy to weave and, and cut downfield as well, like in the second and third levels. So he, he, I think he sort of unfairly gets the the durability thing because, like you said, he he played through a lot of minor dash nagging injuries at Auburn. You know, last year, late in the season, it was the shoulder and the ribs. And going into say like the Alabama game, you're wondering like, man, is this guy is he just going to get ground into dust? And he acquits himself quite well. Um, he is extremely tough. And he's going to have to be in the NFL because I don't see his his style changing. His frame's not going to change and his attitude's not going to change. So he's going to have to continue being tough. But, you know, as, as far as the durability thing goes, he doesn't have like a major knee injury on, on his collegiate resume like a lot of these other guys do or, you know, a, a, a huge shoulder injury or anything like that. His his injuries were more minor and nagging things that he can and did play through. Yeah, I think that can and did play through is incredibly important to point out because I, we'll, we'll talk about this a little later. I don't know how high in the draft he's going to go, but I don't necessarily know if he's going to be drafted to be your workhorse back. And if you're not going to be the workhorse back, they want to be able to count on you for most games throughout the course of the season. And I, I think that's going to play to his advantage. I also like his ability to cut. And sometimes they can be, you know, strong jump cuts. But I also think a lot of other ones are setting up other blocks, especially behind the line of scrimmage. And some people can equate that to he's dancing. But I really think that everything he's doing is setting up what's in front of him. So we've talked about a lot of his strengths. Are there any concerns about his game? Yeah. Oh, and, and just to touch on what you were saying, I, I completely agree. I mean, the, the patience is great. The awareness is great. He does allow his, his lineman to set up blocks for him. 
him. Um, and another thing he does, you know, sort of dovetailing off of that point that I really like is he has a whole bunch of different running speeds. You know, I mean, he, he can get lateral, he can get north and south, but he's doing so in a way that is always conducive to the present moment. You know, he's, he's trying to erase angles. He's trying to screw with defenders' heads. You know, he's, he's trying to get them off balance. And he, he changes his running speed quite a bit, you know, play to play, depending on the situation. So, um, yeah, and I think that plays up his, his other strengths. As far as weaknesses, you know, the running high thing is, I suppose, a weakness. You know, it's just it's just his style. Um, some, some don't like it. Um, we talked about the narrow trunk and we talked about how because he plays with such physicality and because he runs so high, he's going to take monster shots. He he took a lot of titanic hits in in college, uh, a lot of big hits, and he doesn't mind. You know, he'll he'll pop right back up and and run back to the huddle. He is going to continue taking those hits cuz that's just the way that he plays. He's weathered that and been durable to this point. Um, I, I suppose you could question whether that will continue. I, I've been given no contradictory evidence to assume that it won't. So, you know, I, I just think he's a really tough guy. Um, you know, as far as athleticism, uh, I, I think he's going to be above average in just about everything. The only slight question is deep speed. You know, you he, he's not a true burner. And on his athletic profile, that's about the only thing we're going into the combine I'm very curious to see what his 40 is. Yeah, I think that's fair. There, there are a couple times he, he doesn't break the big run where he gets caught from behind. And one, one thing I do want to ask you about is we were talking about his first and second down abilities, kind of what we focused on a lot. I thought, you know, he needs to develop a better route tree, but I thought he looked very comfortable catching the football. What did you, how did you feel about him in pass protection? Because I thought at times, you know, he really showed off his vision. And One of the things I was taught is that when you see a running back really pick up blockers very well, it sh- it shows you his vision because he's anticipating well, you know where where these guys are coming from, and I think his vision plays into his pass blocking. But I do think he has some lazier reps. Yeah. Um, so okay. So on on the first point, as far as receiving goes, um, I agree with that. You know, Auburn Gus Malzahn's offense is is pretty wonky, um, and the way that they use carry on as a receiver was mostly on things like screens and uh, dump offs and as, you know, a fourth option or, you know, whatever. Um, He was not asked to split out much. He wasn't asked to run a bunch of advanced routes. However, whenever they did throw him the ball, he was extremely reliable with it. Seems to have very good hands. And I'm not willing to rule out that he can't be more as a receiver because he has done everything they asked him to do at a very high level. As, as, as you know, with regards to the pass blocking, I see a pretty good pass blocker. Um, I see a guy who is, you, you, you hit on the vision thing, I, you know, the awareness thing. I, I think that a lot goes to that. He's also extremely physical and he is more than happy to throw his body around in, in pass protection. I do think there is some polishing that needs to happen there. Um, you know, he, he's not perfect in that metric of the game. Um, I, I would like to see him get a bit better. However, it's like right now he's maybe a, a solid B as a pass protector, maybe even a B minus if you want to be optimistic about it. Um, and I, I think he could become an A minus or, or whatever. So I, I don't think that that's a weakness of his game. I, I think he's pretty solid at, at, at pass pro. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's fair. I, I guess for me, it was one of those things where, you know, there's some reps that left a lot to be desired. But like you talked about, there also are a lot of good reps. And, you know, that, that might be nitpicky on my my behalf. And one of the things you mentioned earlier that I just want to follow up on before we get into comparison was, you know, he's he was one of my favorite running backs to watch for what you talked about earlier, where he sets up 
differently. And he's constantly playing mind games and playing with defensive backs for the angles. And every run is something a little bit different. And I feel like it makes his evaluation a little bit tougher because, you know, a lot of these other guys start doing the same thing consistently. And you really get a sense of what they're doing. And carry on doesn't really give you that. So I, I think that makes his evaluation a little bit tougher, but also a little bit more fun because you never know, you know, what you're going to get. Do you have? I 100 percent agree with that. Yeah, 1,000 percent agree with that. Do you have a player comparison for him? So I, I told you earlier I was gonna I was gonna bring a UFC comparison to you first. So I'd like to start with that. I compare him to the UFC fight, fighter Carlos Condit, the natural born killer. Uh, <laughs> like Condit, extremely versatile, tough as nails, always moving forward. Throws everything he ha- has at you. You know, he's, he's throwing the hands, he's throwing the elbows, he's throwing the knees, he's throwing the feet, throws everything. He appears a bit lanky and upright, so when you're watching him, you sort of get fooled into thinking, you know, this guy could get taken down pretty easy or he could get knocked out pretty easy, but just incredibly tough to overcome that. Um, strong on his feet and on the ground, has a finisher's instinct, great cardio. Um, and his the biggest knock on Condit throughout his career was that he, he was poor defensively against strikes, all uh, carry on's propensity to take big hits. That's awesome. That's that's awesome. Seriously, that, I love that. And it's funny because I told you beforehand, <laughs> I was like, my player comparison doesn't play football. And you're like, that's awesome because <laughs> my player comparison doesn't play football either. So mine for he reminds me of Draymond Green. And like we talked about with that toughness, I think that absolutely plays into it. And the fact that Green is one of these guys that has really made his way in the NBA by being good at everything and not great at anything. And that's kind of what I see when I see Carryon Johnson is that he doesn't necessarily have a trump card. If he did, it would be his vision like Green has his defense. But, you know, the, there are a lot of aspects to his game that aren't great. But, you know, he does so many things well that I think whatever a team asks him to do, he's going to be successful at. And that makes me feel really good about his chance to be, you know, a, a contributing NFL running back. Do Love you, it. Do you have a grade on him? Did you give him a, a grade yet? I, I know this is all still a work in progress. Like, I, I currently have a, a late two, early three on him with seeing how the combine goes and pro day because he's one of those guys like we talked about earlier. I want to see how he runs routes, see if he can develop that and sh- show me something. But, like, I, I really like him, and I think he's one of the safer running back prospects if he doesn't, but he might not necessarily have other players' ceilings. You know, my, my first set of rankings, I had him as the fifth running back. I had him right behind Darius Geis. Um, in terms of a, a round projection, I I think round two, um, and I would be comfortable pulling the trigger early on on day two. So that's kind of where I'm I'm at with him right now. That's fair. So we're we're, we're a little bit different on him, but we're we're about probably 20 picks off. That's really not a or 15 picks off even. It's really not a huge difference. Um, the way I always like to wrap it up is: Do you have a team? that you would like to see him go to? Well, yeah, I do. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I feel like it'd be so perfect if he went to the Steelers, if, <laughs> if they're shopping for Bell's replacement. I, it would be so perfect. That's hilarious because I was just thinking, you know, if Bell doesn't get the franchise tag, but I also do love James Conner just from the, the sentimental side of it that I would love to see him get a shot. I think they'd work well together, right? They would, they would work well together. Wherever he goes, I think he's one of the running backs I really want to see run behind a good offensive line and be able to take advantage of his patience. Like We saw Christian McCaffrey this year, and people keep ripping on him saying he was bad. And I, I disagree. I think he was an, an incredible receiving option for them, and he wasn't a great runner by any means. But I also think he ran behind a really bad offensive line that didn't allow him to take care of, you know, use his strength of patience. Like, that's how he won at Stanford. And I, I want to make sure wherever Carryon Johnson goes, he gets an offensive line that he gets to use 
his trump card, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. And you know, the the Seahawks don't obviously don't have a good offensive line, but the Seahawks I think would be an interesting fit too, a team that could be shopping for him. I, I think he could do a lot of things there as well. Yeah, maybe the Raiders if he makes it to early round three. You know, their their offensive line was something that a lot of people. Everyone last year in fantasy was like, "What if he goes to the Raiders?" And then they didn't draft the running back, and now no one's mentioning them. And Lynch is probably going to retire, and they're going to need someone. So I, I I would love to see him kind of anticipating what holes Gabe Jackson's about to to open up. Thor, man, I, I really can't thank you enough for coming on, man. I, I really appreciate it. Why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Yeah, thanks so much, man. Um, I'm at on Twitter. I'm at Thorku Thor K U. Um, you can find my work at Roto World. So stop by and say hi. Yeah, I mean that's probably the website I'm on the most. So I, I see your work all the time. I, I really appreciate you coming on, guys. He's Thor Nystrom. I'm Elliot Christ, as always, your host for the Draft Daily podcast. Please uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the pod. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. As always, guys, we really appreciate you for listening. Thank you. <laughs>